Welcome in the somewhat mobile. When we drop data, it's not anecdotal. Talking the latest mobile trends with highlighting the surges and descends. Yeah, this is an original series from Aptopia. The intelligence provider here to help focus you. I'm growing your mobile app and putting you on the map. So when people pull out their phone, it's the first thing they want to tell. So crack yourself a beer and give a listen here because the best podcast in mobile just landed in your ear. Welcome into Somewhat Mobile, the show app teams can listen to instead of working because we're talking about work along with whatever else comes to our minds. Today, joining me is Matt Hudson, the founder of Build It. Matt, when was the last time you subtweeted someone? Ooh, you know, it's been a long time. I was into Twitter when it first came out. Um, I used the, oh man, what was that tool? Seismic. Uh, Back in the day, it was like Silverlight desktop profile, whatever. It's probably been it's probably been a couple years, honestly. I mean, it's very sad, but it's true. No, that's fine. I, I've never I've never <laughs> subtweeted someone because I'm too nervous. What are you gonna do? I mean, it. it's all out there in public, you know. <laughs> like, so they will they exactly. will come back. No, my tr- I'm scared. My sure. will come back to haunt me. I'm right definitely right. gonna go look. Um, <laughs> uh, I gotta get one of those like auto deleters or something. I, I, th- I gotta find out what that's about. Build It is new, and so people might not, probably don't know about it yet. Um, And so you have a, um, I want you to tell us what Build It is, but I also, after you explain to us that, I kind of want a little bit of story time because you've been in mobile for a long time, and I want you to take us on that journey and kind of how it led you to launch. There's a lot. So I have been in mobile, I feel like, since the beginning, iOS 3.3. Um, I've always been an entrepreneur, you know, um, got my lemonade stand, original lemonade stand when I was nine years old, right there on the wall that my mom saved. It's always been important to me uh, to find my purpose in the world, right? And so when I got into retail, even though I've been mobile a long time, I started to realize that there was an opportunity uh, to make people's lives a little bit better by giving them a frictionless experience. And, you know, it always sounds kind of silly. I always feel a little silly when I'm saying it, but it gives me this micro purpose of like making people's lives a little bit better, you know, by decreasing the frustration that they're experiencing while they're ordering their kids clothes for school or whatever it is and stuff like that. So, but I really wanted an important purpose, right? And I knew I wasn't going to be able to go cure cancer or some of those things. And hey, look, I can donate my time and and a lot of that's good, but, you know, I wanted to find a purpose in my job. And so building people and great products are what Buildit is about. Uh, Buildit itself is a platform for e-commerce mobile apps. What that means is that we want to make it as easy to build an app in e-commerce as it is to build a website. So today it's cheaper, easier. There's more talent available on the web than there is in app world. I got to build iOS. I got to build Android. I want to give a great, beautiful, performant experience Build It really is here to fill that gap, give you the ability to spin up an e-commerce mobile app the same way, as easy as you can spin up an e-commerce website. You can put up a Shopify site in a couple of days, but you may spend, you know, six months building out a mobile app from scratch. And I said, why in the world are we doing this? Why do we have to go manually build it? Or, you know, um, and so that's really actually where the name came from is, uh, you know, why do I have to build it over and over and over again when it's already been done many times? And so, but we wanted to give customers a really great experience and also decrease the cost and the barrier to entry. We we wanted to give everybody the opportunity to be able to build a mobile app, every mid to large size retailer. 
that wants to ought to be able to afford it so that their customers can get that great experience. So in a nutshell, that's what Build It is. Uh, and it has come from my background in, in mobile and agencies and seeing the problems and the solutions from both sides. We had you on when you were working with um, the department store Belk and you had you had helped them out a lot. I know that I think at the time, this was a while back though, they yeah. were the fastest growing you know, brick and mortar. Absolutely. That Aptopia saw through our data. So that was awesome. In the in the grand scheme of things, I think it doesn't matter. But right now, it seems that e-commerce, mm. given inflation, is having a little bit of a tough time. Have you found that the market for your services have taken a hit because of that? Or is it that people are turning to mobile to try and juice up their customers? It's a complicated question about the economy and e-commerce because actually I think e-commerce is really up. You know, when you look at the trajectory and the penetration of stores and e-commerce, e-commerce is still penetrating over penetrating. Now, overall, it's a rocky supply chain, inventory, all of those problems are magnified, right? Uh, However, Mm -hmm. I think companies are turning to e-commerce as what can we do to decrease costs, to improve customer experience? Um, obviously, during the pandemic, when it, when we were deep in the pandemic, curbside pickup and e-commerce, you know, became huge. And I think customers are still used to that, but they're but they're now getting used to going back to the store. And things are getting spread across other companies too, right? Like obviously, Amazon is taking up a big share, but also smaller companies are taking up a decent share. Um, and so, you know. I don't think that it's uh, causing any decrease of interest in e-commerce. I think it's increasing. And for us, I think it's even more important because companies that were spending uh, truckloads of money building out a mobile app can now do it for a lot less. So, no, we're not taking a hit by any means. We're just getting started. And I think that there's uh, opportunities because people are looking for differentiators. Like, how do they... uh, improve incremental revenue without, you know, making some business model change, right? Like what's the killer feature that we can use to increase our conversion uh, and give people a new, new place to look. So uh, I would say overall, it's, it's, it's more important than it was. Yeah. I, well, as as someone who's coming from a a mobile company, I would agree with you. And so when you're talking with these brands and they're thinking about creating or updating their mobile app, do any of them bring up progressive web apps to you? And is that a good solution versus the mobile app? Or what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so it's a complicated question. I have a funny relationship with PWAs because, you know, for me, PWA is table stakes, you know, meaning customers want the fastest, best experience on any platform, any medium, whether it's in the store mobile web, desktop, app, whatever it is. And so, you know, people think that's one or the other. I really don't think that it's one or the other. I think you should give customers the best experience wherever they are. Now, the issue that I have is that companies often say, you know, should we build a PWA instead of our mobile app or that it's a good substitute? It's really not, right? That's the thing is that ultimately having an app on your phone is a relationship and, and what that means is that once I've downloaded the app, I become one of your best customers. You see the logo. I have a shortcut. You see the logo. Well, yes, you do. Not my phone. I've got a lot of apps. <laughs> but um, 
But yeah, I mean, exactly. Not only is it taking up real estate on your device and it's a quick shortcut, but it's also the best part of the experience. It's a push notification. It's not having to log in. It becomes your preferred method of shopping and thus it converts better. And so PWA will always require a login, right? Because the technology is different. Mobile apps are sandboxed. Uh, push notification, sure. Supposedly they work on web, yet I've never seen anybody get a push notification on the web. So PWAs are great. You got to have one. You should absolutely give customers the best experience wherever they are. But the idea that, that somehow customers are going to type in your URL just because you have a PWA is just ridiculous. And customers don't know how to save the icon to the phone. It doesn't work very well on iOS. You still, in order to build a great PWA that actually looks like an app, you need the best engineers. You know, And why would I do that when really I want to be in that Apple App Store, Google Play Store marketing experience? You need to be there where they are and customers are searching for you and you don't even know it. You're missing in action. And then somebody has convinced you, well, you need PWA instead because it's fine. It's the same. No, it's not. I don't use the Instagram PWA, right? Like most people don't even know that it exists. And that company has the best team in the world, right? So I, I often ask people, you know, like if you're a social media user, are you using the app? And I know you are because Facebook's traffic is like 70% from their mobile app. That's right. And, and that doesn't, it doesn't make any difference that they've got a PWA. I simply don't want to type it in. I don't want to deal with the login and I want the fastest experience and app is it because Apple and Google have defined guidelines to make them fast, right? To make them the most performant. So yeah, your best customer, like you said, is an app customer. Yeah. And They're the most premium customer. You were talking about, you know, yeah. Are you expecting your customers to to type in your URL, you know, for the progressive web app? And we, we see the same thing. So every month, McDonald, I write an, uh, a column for QSR magazine. McDonald's is always the the most downloaded app for for a few reasons right they have a lot of locations that's part of it but they at the end of commercials or at the end of campaigns the call to action is to go get the app and we saw burger king once uh, had a really large campaign i can't remember if it was kicking off their loyalty program or if it was a celebrity meal deal type of thing but at the end of the commercial they were directing people to this website and i was like people are sitting there watching their television they have they're probably they're probably playing a game on their phone they probably have their phone in their hand that they could just like click on your app or download your app and you're telling them to go type in a url like it, it was insane or scanning a qr code which i'm a fan of qr codes right. but still like customers it's so much easier yes the barrier to entry to get them to download is challenging and everybody talks about oh it's hard it's not that hard you just got to get people to do it you mentioned earlier belk was uh the first or second largest brick and mortar retail app download. We did not, when we were, at, when I was at Belk, we did not one time do an install campaign. How we did that was we asked associates to ask customers to download it. And they did because they wanted that good experience. It's just a matter of getting them to do it. We did that for free. McDonald's encourages people for very little money. Just put it, you know, out there in your emails, tie your marketing to your app. I keep, I keep wondering why leaders of large enterprises don't understand why other companies are out there putting exclusive content promotions right. and products in their mobile app because they are smart enough to realize that ordering that Chipotle quesadilla in the mobile app, which I have to have, creates a relationship that's ongoing, and that is a huge marketing channel on its own. 
So, you know, to me, if people don't have an app, especially if you have a loyalty program, you're missing it because those loyal customers are the ones that will download your app and that will use it and will pay more. And they get used to using it and you become the shortcut for them. Do you, and so with, uh, with Build It, do you guys um, have any expertise uh, in loyalty and rewards programs? Is that something you work with brands on or are you more just with the, the physical product? Of the app. Well, so we obviously have some experience. You know, we we help put loyalty in in other places, and you know, the some of the things that we do are more around the app itself, right? Okay. And loyalty, I think, gets tied with mobile app for a couple reasons. First, it makes a ton of sense for customers to be able to check their loyalty program. So before they're used to shopping inside your app, a lot of times they get used to paying your credit card or seeing their loyalty points. Or because Starbucks has trained them, you know, they realize that the app is the go-to place for loyalty. They associate it to that. So, yeah, absolutely, you know, loyalty programs go inside mobile apps and and build it will definitely help customers with, you know, mobile app implementation, suggestions, gamifying, uh, you know, your e-commerce. But I think it's a great entryway into mobile apps. You know, I noticed uh, today someone put out an article that Starbucks was the number two payment provider uh, compare, uh, second only to Apple pay, Google pay and Samsung pay are below Starbucks. And not only do they make it a truckload of money, just storing that money in the bank uh, for these customers, but they've also created this entire business where everyone does mobile ordering. If you go into Starbucks, they use the mobile app, they use mobile ordering. And again, do you use the Starbucks PWA? I don't. <laughs> I use the Starbucks mobile app. No, that's exactly so. right. So what are um what would you say are some common like pitfalls of e-commerce apps today? Like things people aren't doing well enough yeah. or do poorly or misconceptions, anything like that? How many minutes do we have? Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> just just give I'll us let, a few. How, how Not that I many minutes. <laughs> I'm just gonna list you a few. So number one. Number one by far biggest mistake is putting mobile web checkout inside my mobile app. First of all, why'd you build a mobile app if you're going to put the most important part checkout as a mobile web? There's no point, okay? Mobile web checkout, you convert it to native checkout, your conversion will immediately increase by basis points. And that's millions of dollars. I use Costco as an example all the time. And someday Costco is going to call me and tell me, hey, what are you talking about? But they like to use their PWA or their mobile web. We see this in their reviews, the by the way. People do do not love the Costco app, and they tell Costco, "Sam's Club is one of the top keywords." When you look into Costco reviews, they're like, "Hey, Costco, can you be more like Sam's Club?" Adam, <laughs> that was such a good insight. Thank you for that. Right, like Aptopia, you know where they excel is this sentiment analysis and reviews. Go look at your reviews, and when people complain about checkout, you need to understand why. If it is a fully native checkout, which, by the way, I actually helped build the original Sam's Club app. Um, I'm very proud of that. No, I did, actually. So Drew Drew Frost, um, I worked on the recipe center, so not a really big part of it. But Sam's Club has always gotten it, right? Now, I love Costco, and I like Sam's Club, too. But, you know, the, the Costco mobile app, is missing out millions of dollars in conversion because they don't have a native checkout solution. Whereas Sam's Club, three years ago, before the pandemic even existed, had scan and go. And I could scan items and leave the store with them. 
or pay for my things right there. People absolutely love that. Sam's Club has always been ahead of the curve on that stuff. We worked on that Sam's Club iPad app. I think that was in uh, 2007 or 2008, right? Whereas a lot of companies are still thinking, you know, oh, well, why do I even need mobile app? They were doing it 14 years ago. So yeah, native checkout, number one. Uh, number two, uh, issues with login. Again, it's a huge point of friction. You need to tie it to their keychain so that it automatically logs them in with Face ID. You got to get rid of those things. Requiring a login uh, in order or a, uh, an account in order to view products. Do not do it. Don't make users, uh, you know, work before they even know if they like you. You got to date first before you're getting married. So give them the good experience. Don't assume that they're a customer just because, you know, they're downloaded your app. And also the last and final one is assuming that only younger customers like mobile app. Uh, in the Belk app, which you mentioned that I helped architect years ago, the craziest stat I ever heard that I found out late is that uh, there's more customers above 50 than below 24 in that bell cap. And there's millions and millions and millions of users, five, you know, something like 5 million monthly active users. So it's not a young people thing, guys. Now, granted, young people think app is the only way. I asked my 17-year-old nephew one time, hey, do you use Instagram's mobile web? And he said, do they even have a website, right? And that really set my perspective. I was like, holy crap. Younger people are not even going to know how to type in a URL. They're just going to know, is there an app? Because Snapchat doesn't have a website. Instagram does, but nobody uses it. Starbucks, again, setting the standard. Amazon, 50% of their um, revenue online is through their mobile app. So, yeah, I mean, all these companies have coached us. And, and the thing that I can't figure out is why are companies not realizing that, you know, companies like Chipotle are putting quesadillas in their mobile app to create that relationship. And whereas other companies are trying to decide, should I even have a mobile app or Costco? Okay, we're going to have a mobile app, but we're going to do it, you know, in the not the best way possible when that's your premium customer. So I love the Sam's Club reference because Sam's Club is ahead of the curve and they have a native checkout. They have native BOPAs, they have native, all those things. And Costco's really missing it. I think on, on that they're missing out on millions of dollars in revenue, millions, because they're number 50, I think in the app store. Amazing advice there. Amazing stat about the uh, the older generations there using the app. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna end this podcast with a little game we call two apps and a lie. So I'm going to read you three apps and their descriptions, and you're going to I made up one of them by okay. the way. And so you're going to have to tell me which one is the fake app. Are you ready? I'm nervous, but I'm ready. <laughs> All right. Let's see what I got. So we have we have app A, app B, app C. App A is called Morbid Motivation. Morbid Motivation is the app that keeps you living life to the fullest. Did you know someone dies every 1.8 seconds? Just launch the app and leave it in your pocket. The app will vibrate every time someone dies to remind you not to take things for granted. Is every 1.8 seconds too much for you? Don't worry. You can set the app to only vibrate every time someone dies from a car crash or every time someone dies from heart disease. There are 25 preset options in the settings. Set the timer to whatever it is you think will get you in the end and use it as motivation to change your ways and live life to the fullest. App B, milk the cow. Join the team of more than 10 million milkers for free. Have you ever milked the cow? Check out how fast you can milk her and compete with your friends through the game center in live multiplayer mode. 
Get ready for a super addictive game. You'll be milking the cow until you find your device and your fingers are burning. App C. <laughs> Binky. It's just getting worse and worse. <laughs> yeah, there's a, okay. two of these are real apps. I'm telling you, Matt. Binky is the, uh, the third final app. Binky is the most stress-free social media app ever. Think about all those times when you want to scroll through a feed on your phone, but you don't want to read depressing news articles or see photos from real people who seem happier than you. Binky gives you the incessant micro thrills of scrolling through stuff, never knowing what's coming next without all the hassle. And the things you do in Binky don't end up in a server somewhere for the world to see. It's all the fun of social media with all the privacy you wish you had. So is our fake app, app A, uh, morbid motivation. App B seems to be a game, milk the cow. Uh, and app C, a social media app called Binky. What do you think? Okay, so this has nothing to do with the description of the apps. I'm I'm simply going to use my uh, wild confidence and tech t- test taking skills to narrow down based on uh, very minor changes in your voice intonation which one is the correct one. Uh, uh, because I have no idea. Uh, so first of all, I'm going to go through each one. Morbid sounds like my Slack, where I already get a buzz every 1.8 seconds and. You know, I could totally see somebody dying from getting a Slack message. It's, it's, uh, I love Slack, but like when the commercial comes on, I'm like, oh God, Ugh, that little click click that happens. Yep. Okay. So I'm going to say morbid motivation is real. The cow milking, I'm going to say is real simply because people are crazy. Um, and when companies tell me they don't need a mobile app, I think all these other little things are out there. Like, why should your company not have an app? Uh, is what I immediately think of. And and games are crazy. People love doing weird stuff in games. Like I did some games before. Actually, I sold my first game on Aptopia when back when you guys were oh, marketplace. Oh yeah, I did years ago. Um, the third one, Binky, definitely doesn't sound real because it would have to be stored on a server and I don't know what their business model is. So I, I think I'm 50-50 could be wrong, but I'm going to guess Binky. Oh man, Incorrect we, we stumped you. Binky is a real app. It's 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 a social media app that that doesn't actually have, you don't actually have like friends. I looked into it. You don't actually have, it's just fake. It's like a fake feed of pictures they throw in. And so you're just liking things. Just fake. It's, all, it's, not, it's all not real. So, uh, and and I mean- Social media is all not real anyway, so I get it. Uh, Milk the Cow is also, it is a real game. The fake app that uh, I made up is called Morbid (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Dang it. Uh, But hey. Dude, that was a great description. It reminded me of Balderdash. Like you make up a real, you know, that sounded sounded legit. Like I could see somebody making that up. I mean, I don't know if anybody's going to use it past one day, but still. That's the name of the game. I'm going to, I'm going to keep coming up with fake apps to stump people. I'm, uh, I'm two and one right now on these podcasts so far. (laughs) (laughs) I did, I did a podcast with Drew Frost and they, they asked us some pricing stuff and I completely failed that too. I'm bad at games. (laughs) Um, all right, Matt, it was, this is the second time we've had you on. It was an absolute pleasure. I, uh, the nature of work is unfortunately. I have to run to a meeting. So this, this podcast has, okay, to, my friend. has to conclude, but thank you. Uh, thank you again so much. And I hope that uh, brands, you very wise in the ways of the, the retail and e-commerce uh, mobile apps. So I hope Thanks, brands man. learn a lot from you. I know I did. Thank you. 
This is it, what? Lucini pouring from the sky, let's get rich, what? The Jiki Vines and Sugar Dimes can't quit, what? Now pop the caucus in the Vega and get lit, what? 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 Introducing Phantom of the Dark Walk through my heaven with levitation from reefers, drenching defense and these seven show bowing with rugas, flash vines, Bella Fonte Jigga. Let's get for what this worth as we confiscate your figures. Yes, and over brown, levitating.